Hey guys, welcome to From Our 20s. Our goal in this podcast is to have a conversation around topics that we in our 20s are going through. We have realized that we often can feel like we're the only ones going through whatever the situation or feeling may be, and navigating life can be super difficult. But we believe it helps so much to be able to relate and know we aren't the only ones. I truly believe we are all a lot more alike than we are different, and there is hope, especially with faith. Thanks for joining us. Let's jump into this week's episode of From Our 20s. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of From Our 20s. I got Casey with me in Cincinnati, and we have a guest, Jennifer Malone. I hope I pronounced your last name right. It's actually Mellum. Pretty simple. Okay. So like Mellon, but with an M. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mellum. Cool, cool. Well, we're excited to have you on. This is our first episode where we don't really know our guest. So this is a treat for us because we get to hear kind of your story and uh, your inside advice on life uh, firsthand as well as the listeners. So uh, thanks for hopping on with us and um, just joining us two hooligans on this podcast. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So how I met you is your boyfriend, Mitch. Uh, we went on a ski trip this winter, and Mitch is a solid guy. Like, I'll just say that right away. I got to have him on the podcast pretty soon here because he's got a stellar testimony, uh, very touching, uh, just a, a great guy. I'm happy that you're with him. Um, super cool. But that's pretty much all I know about you is a little bit that Mitch and my other buddy James have, have said. So... If you just want to, I mean, fill us in of like uh, where you grew up, a little bit of background, college, and uh, we'll just go from there. All right. Sounds good. Um, So I am from Ashley, North Dakota, which is like a small town population, like 700. So pretty familiar with farming, which is why I'm dating Mitch, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess a little about me. Yeah, actually, he's he's incredible. Um, yeah, I, I guess I grew up not really having a faith. My parents, like we went to a traditional Baptist church, but they didn't really teach us how to walk that out. And so I, I fell into the world quickly, uh, lived pretty wickedly into high school and then first year of college, just really got into the party scene. And then it was in college where I was introduced to a church and then a campus ministry. And like for a whole semester, the Lord just like, worked on my heart in so many different ways. It was insane. Um, And then I went to a conference, really, really spoke to me. And I was like, ah, man, like, God, I just want to believe in you, but I have so much doubt. Take this doubt away. And uh, it was just an incredible moment of really feeling and seeing freedom in my anxiety and depression. And the Lord just kind of took me from there. So in college, I got to lead two small groups, um, it was really, really cool. Learned a lot, made a million mistakes, um, but yep. God equips the called. He doesn't call the equipped, and I definitely was not equipped. So, yeah, yeah through a lot of mentors and friends, I've been able to continue walking in my faith, of course. But I just graduated from NDSU with a business degree, and now I work for, for NDSU for their entrepreneurship and still trying to figure out what I want to do. So pretty freshly graduated. Okay. Okay. I like that. So, so you grew up, I mean, were your parents believers? No. Um, 
kind of odd thing. Both of my parents have mental disabilities, actually. Okay. So grew up kind of alone, like not being raised, if I could say that. So the Lord like provided parents in different ways. Okay. Um, but that that was a that's a pretty big part of my story and why I didn't know very much about Jesus. Sure. And so you came to know Christ kind of through college then? Yep. Yeah. What was it about, I guess, Christianity that like made you want to, I mean, follow Christ? Like, what was it, you know, because like, I mean, you, you were in a little bit of the party scene and, and in the world, I guess. And, and there's a lot of fun in that because like sin is fun. Um, but it's also, <laughs> there's dark sides of it too. But like, what was it about Christianity that you're like, man, I want what they have. I want this relationship with Jesus. Like, what was the, what was the pull for you on that? Well, I guess I can say like sin isn't satisfying. <laughs> it, it looks mm-hmm. really exciting and tempting, but it never satisfies. So I came to a really dark point in life and I was like, man, like I just need to make things better and get better. And I just knew like church is a good thing. That's what I thought. So I was like, I'll go to church. And little did I know, like the Lord would move through that. Um, and then I also met up with a girl from our campus ministry and she met up with me for coffee and I was super, super worried to meet up with uh, <laughs> super self-conscious. I was like freaking out coffee and she walked in with like a messy bun and the biggest smile on her face and she had so <laughs> much, so much joy and she prayed for me and just spoke her heart to me. And I like in that moment, I thought, I don't know what this girl has, but I know that I want it. And I could see that she was openly living for Christ and it, it was an encouraging moment for me. Wow. Oh, that's really cool. So you would say like having a mentor was a, like, like was she a mentor? Like, did you have mentors along the way? Like, would you say that's a, a pretty big role in, in growing in your faith? Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, it, it keeps you humble, but also to just have oversight in your decisions. Um, I would say the times that I was most prideful or maybe it was legalistic or made the most mm-hmm. mistakes was when I didn't have mentorship. Yeah. Were there any things that you, like, struggled with, like, believing in, I guess, or, like, things that you were, like, were kind of hard-hearted, like, you know, through growing in your faith, like, reading scriptures or just hearing different messages or maybe talking to other Christians? Like, was there anything that was just, like, really tough for you to to grasp? I mean, I I would say there's still things that are tough to grasp for me because there's a lot of of great areas in scripture. Yeah, Um, yeah. I guess a recent one that's really interesting was like gender roles and women. Yeah. Um, I've seen both like really aggressive sides of that, of like, we need to have women on the board. We need to have women pastors too, like suppressing women and not allowing them to speak in church or have a role in the church. Um, so I really struggled with that specifically. And I, I got to a point where it was all that my, and I was just doing a lot of research and I was so, did by this one small thing that I wasn't living for Christ like the Lord like gave me a huge heart check and reminded me that I I wasn't serving and loving him and following his greatest commands because I was so distracted by this minute thing um, that in my life like I wasn't called to so it didn't even directly apply to me and there's some verses that are kind of tough to read uh, especially from a woman's perspective about how a godly woman should be and like you know it's talking about submission and um 
just like their different roles and and some of it almost looks like it's um almost downgrading or or you know just not fitting to the culture today so I don't know if you know that verse Casey or if or yeah, Jennifer, you kind of know what I'm talking about. 11. Are you, well, the one I'm sure there's several, the one I was thinking of that's like sort of the really weird one that just seems really out of pocket is the whole, like it, women should wear the head coverings in church thing. That's the first one I thought of. That's in first Corinthians 11. If you know what I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, that's like the first just weirdest one that I think of. Um, and if you look, it seems like at least the explanation I've always gotten was that that was more of a cultural yeah, thing. Like very much that so. doesn't seem to be very prescriptive of nowadays, but like there is some stuff that's a lot to wrestle with, which is, I know even you kind of get all over the map in terms of like, what can women be pastors? Can women be elders? And there's a lot of various schools of thought, whether that's still something that's only reserved for men or whether that was just a cultural thing for back then. And it's okay now. Right. So I don't have an answer to whether like, I think it's okay or not, but that's the first like verse you just asked what book it was in the whole yeah, head coverings I, thing, which is kind of the weirdest example. Yeah. I know it's first Corinthians 11. So I don't know if you have anything, any thoughts on that, um, Jennifer, um, if you've read through any of those verses and just like what your perspective is, because as a guy, like I read it, and I'm like, mm, I could see where there's a lot of pushback maybe from women, um, especially today on kind of what I guess was kind of laid out maybe by Paul back, back then. I mean, I always, take the stance of you know you have to understand the context who is speaking and who they're speaking to um so it it really depends on like what piece of scripture you're talking about because we could we could discuss them in a lot of different ways um and i'm not going to say that what i say is right because you know i have the word but i i don't have absolute truth um from my own wisdom so yeah still figuring that one out same so taking it back a little bit, did you did or did college go kind of how you expected? Like you because you went to NDSU, and yeah, <laughs> yeah talk about that maybe. Uh, well, no, college didn't go how I expected, <laughs> <laughs> especially like encountering the Lord. And I'd say that's that's the biggest part. So um, I like I said I you know, who my, what my parents are like. So I came from a low-income family, and I was a first-generation college student. Um, and so I, I went to college just wanting financial success. Um, I went to college just to learn, to be able to get a career. Um, and then the Lord changed my life. And so I went to school for business, and then I left college only wanting to do business with Jesus. <laughs> ah. And then I learned during that time just reading the word and especially I think it was Mark 10 25 when Jesus talks to his disciples it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven and for me that was just really impactful because I learned like oh it's not okay to worship money and money is fleeting and you can't bring it with you after you die and so uh, that's probably one thing that I just didn't expect to learn yeah that's awesome that's really good Go ahead, oh, go right ahead, Brandon. I've been talking you. too much. I've been sure. Too well, much. I wasn't sure if it was a little early for this, but we do like to, whenever we have somebody on, we do like to like always ask them this one same question, which you've kind of already touched on this, which is, well, how old are you? 22. 22. Okay. So it's not been that far. Uh, I'm 23. Brandon's 24. So we're all sort of in that range, but we always like to ask, where did you see your life at? You know, let's say when you were 18, what did you think you would be? at 22 like where did you see your life being at when you were at 22 and how is it different and sort of just 
I assume, you know, is it for the better? Are there certain things you wish you would have done different? You know, are you happy with that change? Just how is life different than you thought it would have been four years ago? <laughs> that was a mouthful. So. That was way too oh, much. I apologize. Man. <laughs> four years ago, I was just a wreck of a young girl, I guess. <laughs> I think I wanted I wanted a career. I thought men were the worst, and I never wanted to get married. Um, I mean, they are. <laughs> well, mine's not. <laughs> Mitch is the exception, I will say. Um yeah, I just dude. wanted I just wanted a career and I wanted a small dog and to be in a nice apartment and seriously no, nothing important, nothing valuable. And then of course coming to college, coming to know the Lord, um like that's that's my whole life. That's my life purpose and so it's actually really challenging um going to school for business, getting that degree and not really caring that much about what I'm going to do for work and not caring that much. Like I care about what I'm going to get paid because like I want to steward the things I have and be responsible. But right. like, my purpose is, is Christ. And my purpose is to lead others to know him and live a life that honors and glorifies him. And so I would say that's obviously what's changed the most, but it's been really, really challenging to still be in a career where everyone wants you to be a woman leader and to climb the ladder and do all of these things. And I'm surrounded by that, but I know like, that's not my purpose. Sure. Sweet. Right on. What are you, so you're saying you're working in the entrepreneurship center at your school. Yeah. So like what led you there? Also like, sorry, I could talk for days about this too, because I'm super <laughs> into that as well. Um, like well, just what led you there and, you know, what are you hoping to do with that? both in terms of a like career aspect as well as I suppose like ministry aspect at your school. I would say I've had two internships. Both of them were ag tech internships. Love agriculture. And my thank last you, thank one, you. yeah, <laughs> my last one was an ag tech startup. And so I got to wear a lot of different hats and I was kind of thrown into just a really entrepreneurial community. And I met a lot of people and it was really, really exciting. And North Dakota is doing a lot of things. Um, and so that kind of led me into you know, talking to other people about entrepreneurship, because entrepreneurship isn't just starting a business, it's solving problems. And so this role came up where I get to introduce this entrepreneurship program into high schools, actually. And that's where I kind of saw myself actually seeing my purpose and my role is being able to encourage high school students and show them love and encourage the ones that are probably a little more meek. But at the same time, I don't know, teach them entrepreneurship. And my coworkers don't know the Lord either. And I work directly with two of them. And so I'm seeing more and more, it's not about just straight sharing the gospel. And I know there's a time for that, but it's, it's really about loving them and kind of doing life with them. Um, it's in my integrity and my character and the way I serve the Lord openly. Um, that's really going to be impactful and make a change. Right that's on. That's huge. awesome. I'll refrain from so asking good. any more business related questions for the rest <laughs> of the night. <laughs> Stellar answer to a business question. Though. It is. Um, I like that. I like I like your perspective and kind of how you approach even work. Uh, I think that's, that's super powerful that you, I mean, yeah, like you said, like you can't go out and just like share the gospel all the time. Like you, I mean, it just doesn't work like that. You know, there, there's a time and place for it, but you can always show uh, Christ just by, you know, how you act and, and how you treat others. Cause that usually might lead to them asking why you do what you do. So, uh, Great job on that. Sounds like you got the uh, the right framework there. 
<laughs> I've got the Bible, so. That's right. <laughs> and it says, like, they will know us by our love. They're not going to know us by how many books of the Bible we can recite. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's by our love. Exactly. Love that. So what would you say is the best piece of advice that you received all time? I don't think there's a best piece of advice I received. I would say there's challenging, there's challenging questions and statements that really changed my perspective. Ooh, uh, I don't think I can stick with one, but I'll just spit it off. This will be good. We like multiple. (laughs) Okay. So one is you don't get to determine someone else's salvation. And that hit me hard because I think I was judging people that would say that they're Christians. And of course, like you will, you'll know by people's fruit, but like, I don't get to judge people's salvation. I'm not God. Uh, So that was humbling. Um, no church is perfect that was really good to recognize like the church is the people and people are sinful and we make mistakes and we all need grace so I really wanted to run after the perfect church and I think there's some that do it well and I think there's some that do things really really wrong but no church is absolutely perfect so that was good to realize and then one was that was huge recently was does your um, does your preference lead to paradise like paradise with Christ in heaven is my preference for a career going to lead me closer to God or is that going to pull me astray? And that's been a really, really good question for me lately. Um, so those are my top three challenging questions. Dang, that's good. Those were all lovely. <laughs> so you, I know you were, I, at least I think you were a part of Chi Elsa up mm-hmm. at NDSU. Maybe, I, I guess maybe just share a little bit about, what that is, what that organization is, and maybe the impact it's had on you and and others as well. Um, So Chi Alpha is a campus ministry. Um, It branches off in Assemblies of God Church. Uh, Chi Alpha stands for Ambassadors for Christ. And what they do is, you know, weekly sermons for college students, and then they do small groups, which is what has been really impactful for a lot of students, which is just a Bible study where people come together that was super, super impactful for me because I actually learned what actually, like what real friendships were. <laughs> I didn't realize I had such shallow friends until I met like Christians that really cared for what I was doing. And I didn't, it wasn't a, a give and take thing. Like they weren't expecting things from me. So one thing that Chi Alpha does really, really well is they build community well and they build friendships well. So leaving college, I learned how to be intentional with friendships and like, we're in charge of the community we want, like, what we want to create, what we want to expect. We're, we're, we're in charge of that. Um, and so I think Chi Alpha, like, really prepared me for leaving college and not having a community around me. And then, like, how to be intentional with friendships, but also openly talk about the word with other people. Yeah. Yeah, community is, is super important. I mean, Casey and I found that out out at Liberty and I mean, we, we grew so much because we were in good community and, you know, talking to uh, my friend James, who Jennifer, you know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, he was a part of Chi Alpha and he's taught him and he's told me about it too. And it just sounds like you guys had an, an awesome group up there that you guys could, you know, find Christ-like um, people our age and, you know, do activities that were, you know, good, clean fun and, and had an outlet to just share and, and growing in faith. So uh, it's awesome to hear that a school like NDSU has that. I know they probably have campus crew as well. So mm-hmm. it's just good. It's just those ministries are, 
are powerful because in college, I think that's a, that's a time where we're kind of searching for who we are and searching to figure out what our, what our role will be in society. And yeah, so groups like that are just, they kind of, they kind of anchor us down and, and set a firm foundation for the trajectory of our life. So, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask you guys a question and like, I'm, I'm pretty freshly to college and still figuring this out, but how have yeah. you guys built communities where you're at? Yeah, I got real fortunate where I was at. Uh, and I was just going to throw in before, like I'm in the same boat as Brandon where, or like you even kind of mentioned, whereas like I thought I had friends back in high school and then I went to Liberty and was like, oh, this is what like actual community and friendship is like. Yeah. Um, and I was real fortunate that where I moved, uh, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. There's, it's looking like a very good likelihood that I'll be in Austin, Texas by the end of the year. So, you know, this is something I kind of probably going to have to figure out again shortly. Um but I happen to have a buddy who interned where I was at. And so he's also, he's on the board of like young life, if you heard it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he happened to be already like plugged in and was able to refer me to a good group. So it was kind of an in there where he was like, here's my buddy's number. You should text them. He's part of a cool community group, cool church. And I was able to weasel in through a referral, which I'm sure, you know, in entrepreneurship, which is your network matters a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it is just, even if you don't have that one in, it's just, all right, you're a new city, check out a few new churches. If you can just find like one person that, hey, maybe they're a few years older than me, but that's a person to aspire to be, I'd say just latch on and provided you're not annoying, hopefully eventually they'll sort of get you involved in that community um, as well. So that's kind of what I would say, just look around and then maybe just try to find one person that's either same life stage as you or somebody who's maybe a little bit of an aspirational figure and then just try to get plugged in with them. Yeah, and for me, it's... I, I returned home, um, so I already knew people here. But it was different because, you know, not everybody um, from high school was around, and a lot of my friends from high school weren't solid believers, so I kind of shifted circles a little bit. But I had already kind of known a lot of Christian friends in the area. And so really, though, it's it's through Bible studies. Like, we started this young men's Bible study, and, I mean, we meet – at least, or we try to meet once a week and just have community there. And, and then I'm in another bubble study through my church where it's a, a f- some guys that are a little bit older than me, you know, in their thirties. And so just, I mean, it's community is found in church and that's, that's the biggest thing is, I mean, getting plugged in and serving and, and then getting into small groups, I think is, I mean, the healthiest thing for a, a believer to be a part of. What would you say to people who don't have um, others around their age in a church or a smaller community? Like, I know Mitch right now, where he's at in a small town, he has an incredible church, but yeah. not a lot of people his age. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough, because that's kind of where I'm at, too. Um, the rural parts of America are generally a older demographic, because our our age group is moving to the cities and suburbs and um, gravitating towards that type of lifestyle and less and less people are moving to um, the small towns. So mm-hmm. it is, it is tricky to find the younger crowd um, out where, you know, like Mitch and I live, but I mean, if you can just, yeah, like Casey had said, if you find one person, it, it becomes a network. And even mm-hmm. if those, those guys are, you know, five, six older than you, I mean, once you're out of college, like you're so much more mature and so <laughs> hopefully uh, hopefully i mean gosh maybe not but like 
you can relate to people like I got guys in that Bible study from my church that are um, right around 30 and 35. And I don't know, you just you kind of you're in life together, you're working and and so you just understand things and you are a little bit more mature. So I think you can still connect with people that are a tad bit older. And that's healthy, too, because they've got more wisdom that they can pour out on you. Um, but, yeah, I understand, you know, where Mitch is at with and there's not, you know, not, not having that uh, core group of people our age. It, it makes it a little more challenging, but, yeah, it can be done. Long distance friendships. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's no, why that's we started true. this podcast. Yeah, I mean, Casey's 10 hours away from me. and So it's a lot of phone calls, a lot of texting. and um, But, I mean, the, the best community is face-to-face. I mean, that's mm-hmm. undeniable. What advice, because like our, our podcast has a, probably about actually 60% females listening and 40% guys. So we, I kind of want to glean some, some uh, advice from you or on, on the female side of things. Like what advice would you give to the ladies listening? Um, like, is there something that girls struggle with that you would like want to give encouragement on? Like as believers or young believers like is there something that you feel you know through through your community up there like you're seeing that you feel would be a good message for um for the girls yeah um i I guess something i i just so common and this is common among men too but i would say more so women would just be stop comparing yourselves (laughs) (laughs) comparison is so hideous and like the Lord has given us very specific gifts and different gifts. And when we see another believer doing well, and I would say um, oftentimes in um, like campus ministries, it was really easy to compare like the Bible studies we had or the friends we had. Um, and it was, it was just a really ugly cycle and it, it would always take your mind off of Christ and cause you to doubt who you are in Christ and how, how incredible he is. He's made every single person um, but when we latch on to that comparison and start focusing on someone else, like we are no longer being resourceful and useful for the kingdom. Like we, we're filling ourselves with this envy and bitterness and it's just rotting to the heart. So um, I, I think everyone compares. I, I think that's something that girls especially are challenged with every day, especially with social media. Social media is really big. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I would say don't think you're standing firm in that and don't ever like assume that that's something you're super great at, not comparing yourself because it's there's going to come a time and a day when you end up doing it. And I think the more honest we are with ourselves, the easier it is to like combat that with truth. So yeah. it's a big one. So you're dating the man Mitch (laughs) any good dating advice for people that are dating right now or people that like me and case dog over here a single guys what should uh what should we know and i know you guys are a little bit long distance so that has probably provided some challenges so give us the wisdom jennifer give you the wisdom um man that wasn't a that was a very open-ended question thanks, <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> I, I guess I would say when it comes to pursuit seek someone that bears fruit in their life that how do I put this 
like Mitch is he's a man of integrity and I know that he's in the word daily and I, I would say pay attention to people's friend groups because you know that the common thing and I think you've probably said it before like the, the five people that you spend the most time with that's what you become <laughs> and it's true it's so, so true. true oh my gosh um, yeah. and so if you see a lot of like toxic things in a person's friend group that are pretty questionable um pay attention to that because that's that could leak into their character and Mitch has a solid group of guy friends and I get to be friends with them, which is really cool too. Um, and they've been really intentional with getting to know me, which is important. Yeah. I, would, I would say the most challenging thing about doing long distance is learning how to be his friend um, because mm. Mitch and I knew of each other and that's why I dated him. I was like, there, there was one day um, I was single and I was like, oh, I really don't want to date anyone. Like, I'm so tired of dating. <laughs> right. Um, and I sat there and I thought, like, if there was anyone I would date or that would ask me out, Michael Dushek would be the only person that I would ever <laughs> date. And then he asked me out and I was just like, Boom. I, just, I fell over because he, he was the standard. <laughs> like, he's like, find a person who is the standard for following and loving Jesus because you know, when you're old and gray and hideous, like, that's what's going to matter. It's not going to be their looks or their athleticism um, or I don't know how many cool things they could post on social media. Like, it's going to be their love for the Lord. So that's a big thing. Um, I guess if you're in a dating relationship and kind of questioning it or having doubts, one thing to always ask yourself is, does this person draw me closer to the Lord or pull me away from the Lord? Cause if they're not pulling you closer to the Lord, obviously like they're always going to be pulling you away. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. Keep going. Um, <laughs> keep going. I, I guess keep back going. to, back to the friend thing. Yeah. Like I knew of Mitch. Um, and so we were kind of acquaintances and I respected him. Um, and we got to know each other a little before dating, but it was two hours away. So we had a lot of, we had a lot of challenges with communication and just like knowing how to talk to each other. And it took a long time to build, like to have our inside jokes and to just yeah. like really just have fun with each other. And so uh, because of long distance, you know, if you're not like really close friends beforehand, it's, it's really important to spend quality time together. And so we, we just had to sac I shouldn't say sacrifice weekends, but we had to be really intentional with making sure right. we had quality time because otherwise our communication just sucked because we don't like texting. Yep. I hate texting. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you misinterpret a lot of things. You don't see the tone. Yeah. It, it's tough. Like I've, I've been in enough <laughs> pretty much every relationship I've been in had to go long distance to a point and it was tough to one interpret things through text and then the second is just like managing expectations and communicating expectations like that was easily the toughest thing is you expect something from the other person but you never communicated it and then it just creates a spiral effect of mistrust and yeah, it's 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 tricky. It's tricky to do long distance for a long time. But like you said, I think it, having that friendship beforehand, then you have a little bit better understanding of the person. You kind of know them, understand their like behaviors or I don't know what I'm looking for here, but just like you just you just understand more. <laughs> I don't know how to put the words to it, but. <laughs> Honestly, this is, I don't know why we didn't just start with this. This is so obvious. Like, just pray for fellowship. Like, the Lord does not withhold fellowship ever. He just, he just, he doesn't. 
Right. Um, tell me times that he's he's going to if you spent five years without fellowship and you've been praying and seeking it. Like, it doesn't have to be a problem. As long right. as like we're seeking it, praying for it, um, and actually like diving into mentors and a church community. Yeah, yeah. That was that a bad note, answer. Like, Sorry. No, no, no. Um, that, that was great. So when I went back, so I took a semester off my senior year. I stayed home during the fall, and uh, I then went back in the spring. And by that time, pretty much everybody had, everybody in my friend group had either graduated or uh, was just gone. And so I had to kind of refine community. And that was something I prayed for. I, I prayed that I would find uh, a small group and that I would find some new kind of new friends. And I mean, two weeks in, I got plugged into a small group that was like exactly what I needed. Like there were, there were guys and girls my age. And it, I mean, aside from like meeting once a week, like the guys and I went golfing like a, once a week too. So God answered that because he just knew like, that's what I needed at the time. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you're so right. If you, if you pray for community and you pray for that, like you said, fellowship, I think God's going to give that to you because he knows how important that is. Or I, I think also like just drop your looks like too. Um, Cause some of the strongest women that I've met and friendships I've had have been people I would have never, ever sought out or expected. Like, I was blessed with a really random roommate who was from Ethiopia and we had nothing in common at all. <laughs> like nothing in common except for a love for the Lord. And she is yeah. like the fiercest woman of God I've ever met. And she had walked through a lot of different seasons that I would have never expected. So I think like we really have to drop our expectations with what that too. Yeah. So is the real world what you expect it to be <laughs> now that you are out of college? Um, I, a few months out of college. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. I Because yeah, checked... you've, you've been in school your whole life. So this is a pretty big transition. I mean, technically, yeah. I mean, I think I would say moving to a big town was oh, a true. huge transition in itself. But knowing the Lord, I think after college I had an expectation of what things were going to look like. Like I had a checklist of things. I'm like, okay, I am going to graduate. I am going to get involved in a church, right? Things. I'm just going to grow as a person. Um, I'm going to meet a man. We're going to love the Lord together, have kids. Like how did it all figured out? Right. It's just this little checklist of what else is there. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've been trapped. I work or I, date someone long distance and so I travel half the time I have family out of town I'm never here so I haven't even gotten involved in a church I go to church but I'm not in a church so that's not did but one thing that I've learned being out of college is that no one is like no one has it figured out I don't yeah, it doesn't so- even matter what age you are you could be Facts. 20s 30s 50s like your pastor like no one has it all figured out and everyone's just still trying to figure it out we're all just kind of fumbling around trying to serve the lord and honor him in our actions and we we need his grace every single day and one thing that i had to learn is like we will never arrive mm. never gonna where we are perfect Christians and life is all good. And, you know, if we ever think we're there, I, I believe the Lord's just going to test us and humble us and hopefully he yep. does. <laughs> um, and then I always go back to piece of scripture in like first Corinthians ten twelve, which is talking about temptations is if you think you're standing firm, 
be careful so you don't fall. Um, and then it talks about like, God will always provide a way out, but it's just been this humbling. Once I've learned something new and once like I'm seeing fruit in my life because of Jesus, um, I need to give praise to him and not think that I've arrived or reached this place um, because I don't have it figured out. And if my pastor who's been serving the Lord for 50 years doesn't have it figured out, who am I to think that I have it figured out in three months? Mm-hmm. So I've, I've just had to learn that humility is what's going to, what's going to save me. Cause I can be super, super prideful and things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm learning that pretty much every day. I, I've walked and felt like I've got it figured out. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, ah, I just got humbled right there. You know, like it's, it's just, it's not an easy road, but it's the best road. So and yeah. we have we have these expectations of what life's going to look like. Um, and then they're not met, right? They're completely mm-hmm. different. But then mm-hmm. we also overcomplicate what it's like to live for Jesus. Like, we make it so complicated. And even me getting distracted over what is a women's role in the church. And, mm. like, I know the Bible. There, there's scripture on that. And, you know, yeah. I will walk and abide to it the best of my ability. But we just overcomplicate things. Um, like, what is it? Matthew 27, 37, or I think that's what it is. Like, and to love the Lord your God. And then to love others greater than yourself. Like, like if, if we're not starting with, we've already messed up. <laughs> if it doesn't start with Jesus and loving Jesus, we've already messed up. Dang. That's, maybe that's what I've been doing. Maybe I'm just, because like, Casey and I are very deep thinkers and I would imagine you are too. That's, that's good. Like simplify it down. Like the gospel is simple and what Jesus asks of us is it's both hard, but it's also simple. Mm-hmm. Like if you I think mean, about it, wasn't it like, I mean, we've talked about this before, but how <clears throat> I think it was like St. Augustine just said like, love God and then do what you want. Yeah. As long as you're honoring God and then do whatever you want. I mean, yeah. Pretty much in that order. I might want to specify. True. True. Um, there's like, I don't know why I always butcher this. I'm trying to, I think it's <laughs> Proverbs like 19. Nope. It's in Proverbs, but it's as, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects their heart. Mm. Um, and that's always been really good to me to remember like it's it's that simple it bears bears fruit um you see like the fruits of the spirit in my life and um good things coming from it like that'll reflect if i have a heart and a love for jesus um and it's it's not that hard to question <laughs> like if i'm lying and being deceitful in my work and like being selfish with my time and being it's my coworkers, i can tell that my heart isn't like given over to the lord it's pretty obvious. Yeah, really good perspective. Good verse too. I I don't I haven't I haven't heard that verse in a while. I haven't thought about it like that. That's good. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for joining us. Um, your testimony is is powerful. I can easily tell just by talking to you for the short time. Like you've been radically changed by the gospel, and like Jesus has been so good to you, and you're definitely seeking him out and. I think, you know, when you simplify it down, like, like you just said, like, I think you're doing the right things. And that's, it's a good reminder for all of us that like, it, 
it's the gospel isn't hard you know if it is but it isn't like the bible and the stories in it like you can find different layers of um, complexity and simpleness and um i don't know your story is just a good reminder that jesus and and everything he has to offer that's what's ultimate in life and and finding community is also another huge common theme that we keep running into uh throughout all of our episodes really but yeah just thank you for for spending time with us and and again sharing your story and um very happy and thankful that uh you got a guy like mitch <laughs> and uh i can you know be praying for you guys and and wishing you the best of luck thank you so much all right take care jenny see you casey you too <laughs> bye guys yeah.